Hey, everybody. Welcome. If you're viewing us online, it's great to have you with us. Share the link that you're watching with uh, those in your circle of influence and invite them along. Great to have all of you in the sanctuary today. We're going to continue in our series entitled Unprayer, and this is number four in that series, and I've entitled it You Talk Too Much. But before we get into the message, we're going to have a question time where we pose a question. We'll have it on the screen for those of you viewing by the live uh, stream, and then you communicate with us, engage with us. We'd love to know your thoughts regarding these two questions this morning, okay? Here's how you do that if you're watching my live stream. You text us at uh, 720-878-3323. Or if you're on our website, you can go to the Contact Us button. It's on the home page right down at the bottom. Just click on that. Put in your name and your response. Engage with us. We're monitoring the Facebook chat as well, and so any one of those three will work. Same here in the sanctuary. You can use any one of those three if you have your device out and you want to t text us, or uh, instead of speaking into the microphone, you want to use the contact us form. You can do that. Again, it's on the home page of the website. Just click on the contact us button, which is all the way down at the bottom of the home page. How about that? Good. You're not that impressed. <laughs> I'm like, let's get on with you it. You know. <laughs> After 43 years. 43? Is well, it 43? We've, we've been together 43. Yeah. We haven't we were married 42 years. That's close. That's close. I mean, we married when I was a baby. Yes, that's true. <laughs> if you ever see our wedding picture, he does look pretty... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, do I look young? Thank you. Thank you. He looks really young. <laughs> well, that's because, Baby I, face. that's because I was. Yes, you were but a child. I wasn't even a, an adult. No. Well, you were old enough to sign the marriage certificate. That, <laughs> that was it. That's all you cared about. <laughs> she just wanted me for my money. <laughs> Is that your experience, brother? Yeah. They're all the same. I just have to ask where, what money? coming. It's coming. 40 some odd years later. My, my, We're still my, working on it. My ship's it. coming in. All righty then. Shall we get to the question? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody would appreciate yes. that. All right. So it's going to be on the screen again. And can we drop my volume a little bit so I can, <clears throat> I'll feel a little more comfortable raising my voice. There we go. Perfect. Okay. So here's the question. And there are actually two. Uh, what do you hear most often when you spend time in prayer, that's number one. Number two, what do you find most difficult about listening during prayer? Okay? There's your two questions. What do you hear most when you spend time in prayer? And what do you find most difficult about listening in prayer? <clears throat> I think my answer is the same for both my voice. I hear too much of my voice. <laughs> too, too, too much of you? Too much of me. <laughs> I think that slide, Lewis, if you do want it, is down in those, that, you know, that folder, if you just want to throw it full screen. But this, this will work, I'm sure, too. I don't know if, hopefully everybody can read it scrolling along the bottom there. But, um, All okay. right. Anybody, Anybody in here have anything? Facebook, live streamers. What we invite you, you to engage with us this morning. Text us, 720-878. Three, three, two, three. 
So what do you hear most when you spend time in prayer or and or? If you're here in the sanctuary, we'll bring you the mic and you can respond. What do you find most difficult about listening during prayer? You know, when there aren't right and wrong answers, this isn't, it's not about that. No. You know, it's about your thoughts and your feelings. Yes? Yeah, oh, yep, oh we, we have go. one back in the yes, back? Yes, okay. yes. All right. So Nina's making her way back there. I feel like when I am trying to listen that my mind just runs and wanders and I just... Circus going on. A, cir a circus wow. is going on in your mind. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. The big tent, and they're all yelling and clapping. And <laughs> yeah, I bet a number of us would say that's what our experience is. Our mind just starts going to the things we have to do, things coming up, the schedule, something we forgot, um, something we want to tell somebody. Very common. Uh huh. Very common. Anyone else in here? What do you hear most? Yes. For me, it's not really hearing, it's more of a feeling. I feel the power of Christ when I'm praying. Okay. Because I feel connected, so I don't necessarily hear anything, but I feel his presence. Okay, so you feel the like power of Christ, okay? Yeah. We do have some coming in from the website, I believe, or they're just joining the website, but I'm going to check. <coughs> okay, so uh, Tanya, may I go ahead and do this? Oh, Tanya absolutely. says, most of the time I hear or more feel the direction I should go while in prayer. And she says, the most difficult thing is to find a time and place where I don't have all of the children pulling at my attention. Did y'all ever hear that thing about, is it Wesley, one of the Wesleys who had like I can't remember the details anymore, 15, 18 kids, 12 kids, a lot of kids. And so she would just tell them all, this is my time of prayer, and she'd throw her apron up over her head, and she'd pray for an hour, and they weren't, weren't allowed to disturb her. Of course, that sounds really cool. I don't know how well that works today, but, <laughs> right? And you only have two, and your whole house would be a wreck if you did that probably, right? <laughs> so, uh, now, but, that's one of the old-time saints, one yeah. of the old-time preachers. That, that's not somebody down the block from us. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, you know, the, the, the dedication to, uh, in that case, that, I mean, that's pretty, pretty amazing. I have a couple of, okay, Jeff Peters says, <laughs> unfortunately, I have to agree with Pastor Nina that I hear my voice and forget to listen when I pray. Hmm. Okay. And um, <clears throat> on that second question, which is, um, what do you find most difficult about listening during prayer? She said, me being, this is Lisa, me being quiet. Yeah. You know, I think that's why sometimes, of course, who can, we can't just always do these things. But sometimes like going somewhere where you're not, where everything is necessarily beckoning you. So like if I'm at home and, yeah. oh gosh, I want to clean up the kitchen. I've been needing to get to that. Or I, oh, the dogs, or in your case, the kids, minor dogs, yours are kids. <laughs> kids need attention or whatever, but to be actually get away somewhere where you can't, you'd have to get back up and go home and do it or where, wherever yeah. that might be for you. I'm waiting for somebody to say a particular answer that I, I want to feed into. I haven't quite heard it yet, but it's, it's pretty common. Are you like zooming the answer into yeah. their heads? <laughs> Any, anybody else? 
So um, live streamers. What do you hear most when you spend time in prayer? And what do you find most difficult, difficult. about listening during prayer? You know, we live in, especially in America, I don't know what it's like in other places, but you know, we are a go, go, go. There's never quiet. Yeah. It's always sound, especially now that we have phones. But you know, even back to just before we had these phones, we had radio and television all over the place. And you're in your car, you could turn on your radio or put in a CD at the time or go back before that, a tape. But you, there was always wow. sound, sound. Yeah, that really goes back. You right? are old. I know. And so now we have phones, so every second of every day, you have something that can take your attention uh, yeah. in the audiovisual world or sound yeah. world. And so we're so used to sound, we're so used to movement, we're so used to going mm -hmm. and stopping and listening and being quiet is very kind of anti yeah. our lifestyle. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it really is. So that's a, an issue. Okay, I, I don't have any here as far as the uh, contact us form. We don't want to leave anybody. We got a hand raised over here, Nina, when you get to it. Okay, and I have a couple more here. Okay. Go ahead. You, oh, you don't have any there. Okay, I'll come over here. So, live streamers, text us, 720-878-3323. Sometimes I will hear a song come up or a scripture or something I have read mm. um, that kind of may just be the same thing that I know the answer is. <laughs> and so it's kind of like a confirmation. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree with Very you. Very spiritual. <laughs> For years and years and years, I know I heard songs would come to mind that had the answer in it. I, I'm yeah. totally there. Um, here's some more. Um, Kathy says, what I find most difficult is shutting my own thoughts in the outside world off. Like the others, what I hear is more of a feeling or thought that I just know is not my own. And then Tanya says... Don't go ahead. Oh, don't go ahead. I'm sorry. Gotcha. That was the one you were looking for? I was waiting for you. So let me ask you, Kathy. How do you know whether they're your thoughts or the Lord's thoughts? Now, if it's about, obviously, some item of the day you need to tend to or the laundry that's been sitting, you know, <clears throat> or what have you, I get it. But if it's about something that possibly some direction or you're questioning a decision that you uh, have felt like you needed to pray about and so forth, um, is that God talking to us or is that just our thoughts? May I ask you all as you consider this because we've all had it happen, that, is that just me or is that the Lord? How would the Lord speak to you? How would the Lord speak to you? Are you expecting a burning bush like Moses saw in the desert? Uh, a storm to roll in? 
uh, an audible voice. Now, these things have happened. We read about them in scriptures, clearly. Others have testified that they've had that experience. But that is the exception. That is not the norm. So, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He indwells us. He lives within us. And he takes the things that God says and he reveals them or uncovers them and speaks them to us. But the question is, how does he speak them? If it's not audible, all right, if it's not a vision, then he's going to speak them to our thoughts. And so what I want to encourage all of you listening in is don't, don't do away with don't just dismiss your own thinking when it comes to the voice of the Lord because he's going to use your thought life. Now, this is why it's important for us to study the Word of God, to read the Bible regularly, to understand God's nature, uh, to spend time in worship, getting to know the voice of the Holy Spirit, so on and so forth. But the Lord's going to speak to us in our thoughts. So don't be afraid of that. Don't just dismiss them. And of course, that's why it's also wise not only to check things with the Bible, but maybe a good friend who you admire their walk with the Lord, maybe they're more mature in their walk, longer, many uh, more years of walking with the Lord. Maybe it's your pastor you need to go see and talk to about this and just uh, share your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And some, well, let me go on here. All right. Okay, so um, Tanya says... Uh, I, 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 met, I don't know, we, uh, this must be an answer to the second question, I think. She says, I, another thing I do is I take advantage of chore time. If they don't want to clean, they can go outside. That would be the kids, right? I will wash dishes while I tune in to meditative, pr uh, meditative prayer conversation. She also says, or I usually go on a walk or hide in my truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We could yeah. go out and hide in the car in the garage, right? Um, Jeff says on number two about, um, right yes, thank you. What do you find most difficult about listening during prayer? All the distractions with noises, phones, or even just my thoughts, drifting off on my own stuff. Yeah. Yeah, those are good. Those are all, this is what oh, we all experience, yeah, right? Yeah, we all experience all these things, I'm sure. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Really good. I think that's about it. Okay. All right. All Thanks, right. everyone. You bet. Thanks, hon. Lewis, could we show everybody the series of messages so that we can take a minute? So the series is titled Unprayer, and the first one that I taught four weeks ago was called The Circle of Life. It's, it's really about formation and how that everything in our walk with Christ and in our prayer life, it returns us to the formation, the original formation of Christ in us. All right, it's a very important message. It's foundational. Number two, it's not about getting answers. <laughs> I love that. Number three, prayer is not a discipline. That was last week. And today, you talk too much. Next week, we'll talk about freedom from religious form and finally then in the sixth message, the secret of quiet. Thank you, Lewis. So our, our big idea has been 
to awaken your mind. This is what this series is all about, to awaken your mind to your oneness with God's love and nature so that prayer becomes a life-giving, transformational experience for you and for others. And I've made, I've made a large slide out of just this one statement. I'm going to repeat it here. And you've heard me in each, each message talk about this idea. Prayer is not getting from God. Prayer is getting God. That is so foundational to all six of these messages. We need to deal with the idea that prayer is a means of... Let me restate this. We need to deal with the idea... And I think, it, I think all of prayer tends to be encouched in need. I pray because I need. Somebody once said, I'll pray for you. And the person said, has it come to that? It's like, and the old line, Lord, if... I'm in trouble here, and if you'll get me out of this, I will. All right, you ever said that? I will serve you, I'll love you, I'll start going back to church, right? Prayer tends to be, for many Christians, based on need or desire to get God to do something, and often he's a reluctant God. Prayer is about relationship. It's not about need. It's about fellowship with the Father. All right, so our text this morning is found in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. If you want to join me there, or we'll have it on the screen. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, starting in verse 35. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed, and he went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. (laughs) We have just summarized what most everybody gave us input on this morning regarding the two questions. There is always going to be distraction to prayer. Everyone is looking for you, Jesus. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 5 and verse 16, Luke records this, as often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out-of-the-way places for prayer. In other words, places of seclusion, places of aloneness. And why? I really believe it was because of the art of listening. And you say, well, Jesus... Jesus didn't have any problem listening, did he? Well, first of all, with everyone looking for you, sure he did. He had just, he had all of the temptations and all of the distractions to life and faith and to prayer that you and I do, all of them. The Bible says that he was tempted in all points like as we, and yet he didn't fail. So I want to remind you that Jesus was human Oh, 100% human. 
And he had to learn. The scripture says he learned and he grew and he matured, even in his spirituality. And so Jesus learned silence. I was not taught silence. I was taught correct wording and believing properly. Everything in prayer, everything about prayer was about what I said, how I said it. Did I use the correct words? And was my faith strong enough? Did I, did I believe deeply enough? In one movement that I was involved in for many, many years, it was about faith confession. And so you had to say the right thing and you had to say it oftentimes again and again and again until you believed it and then once you believed it then you'd receive it well the question was well did you say it enough times and after how many times do you really believe it and then how much belief does it really take how deep does your belief have to be oh it, it's a mess out there in evangelical Christianity today when it comes to this subject of prayer which is why I've called it unprayer Last week, I related to you uh, an article that I had read in that week's study that began with these four words. I remind you of them. Prayer is hard work. That's how the article began. Prayer is hard work, to which I have always been able to say before now, amen. Oh, man, pressing into God. it's one of the most difficult things I do. I mean, it's rewarding, and yes, there's a, there is a love to it, but boy, a lot of times I just don't know what to say, and I run out of things to say, and then I'm never sure that I really touched God. Sometimes I feel like I really communicated and I touched his heart, and other times I feel like maybe he looked the other way. I mean, I just, boy, prayer is hard work. And that whole idea of prayer goes completely contrary to the Bible revelation and Jesus' own revelation of prayer. We're going to begin in the book of Psalms. Now, I've already given you two passages of Scripture sort of as the overwork for Jesus' own prayer life. But let's dip into some specifics here about the art of listening Or, let's call it, and everybody say the word with me, silence. Would you say that? Silence. The art of listening is actually not speaking. It's silence. The the art of listening doesn't involve a lot of words. The art of listening isn't you learning how to pray better, believe more deeply, say it more correctly. The art of listening is silence. Psalm 37 and verse 7 from the King James translation says this. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself. And he goes on to say, don't don't fret because of wicked people who are getting, it seems like, getting everything in life that they want. They don't even pray. They don't even walk with God, and yet their lives seem to be blessed. I don't understand it. He says, don't fret about that. He says, rest in the Lord. Now, the International Standard Version says this, be silent in the Lord's presence. It uses the Hebrew, Hebrew word for silent. Be silent. So the word rest is actually the Hebrew word for silence. Be silent in the Lord's 
presence and wait patiently for him. I love Young's literal translation of this verse and in particular the word rest. Listen, be silent for Jehovah. It's kind of like, hey, everybody, be silent for God. I've found that God wants to do the talking far more than he wants me to be constantly speaking and asking and trying to get. He's much more interested in relating to me and talking with me. And Now, it's not that you don't talk. It's a, obviously, communication is two-way. And I, I, don't want to give you, I don't want to give you the impression that there's no talking involved. It's just that I know for me anyway, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I've been around a lot of Christians who like me it was all about what I said, how I said it, saying it the right way, believing deeply enough. And then Psalm 37, I, I know it was never taught to me. Nobody ever taught me. Verse 7 from Psalm 37. Jeff, be silent. Shut up and wait patiently. <laughs> Here's Psalm 131 verse 2. But I have calmed and quieted my soul. Watch now. Like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. I have calmed. In other words, this is something I have to do. You have to do. You take control over your thoughts. You take control over your emotions. You determine that you are going to quiet your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, we might loosely refer to your soul as that. And then he adds this, like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child I have quieted the soul, my soul within me. What is that all about? First of all, I want to tell you that it, it, it's very uncomfortable and counterintuitive, first of all, to just go to prayer thinking more about being silent than talking, isn't it? <laughs> all right, so watch this. I made a slide for you here. Uh, just four things I want you to think about when it comes to being silent. First of all, it, it has to be intentional. You've got to focus and keep from drifting. We've brought that up before uh, this morning in our Q&A. Number two, you must quiet the heart. The proverbial, everyone's looking for you, Jesus. Everyone's looking for you. You've got to come right now. You've got to drop what you... And, and Jesus would respond, no. In fact, in one case, they said, Jesus, uh, Lazarus, Mary's brother, Lazarus, is sick. He's, I mean, he's, he's, it's death-threatening. Please, you've got to come right now. And Jesus said, oh... It's okay, I don't think so. He's all right, and he stayed where he was two more days, and Lazarus died. And by the time Jesus got there then, the Bible says that his body stunk. Jesus just raised him from the dead. No problem. Do you know there are things in your life that you might need to let die so that you can stay in a place of fellowship and just silence with God and listening to him. And if they're precious, if they're important in your life, he'll raise them back to life. Number three, be okay with not hearing at least what you think God 
should answer you. And number four, waiting isn't inactivity. It's fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's what's going on. You say, well, Jeff, what about this mother weaning her child? He even repeats it twice. That's how I'm supposed to find myself in silence, like a child weaned from its mother. I want to show you a painting by Picasso. Now, we're going to leave that up for a moment because I want you to look specifically and carefully, not only of the fact that the mother is holding a child, that the two seem to be in a very loving and caring pose. The child certainly is comforted. And I wish I had zoomed in, and I'm sorry we really can't do this at the point of the computer presently, but look at the child's face. You see what's going on there is there is a complete absence of have to, trying to get. The child is not irritated. In fact, what generally speaking, when a child is at the breast, is the status of that child moving, sucking. If you move the child away, it starts crying. I mean, it's agitation, it's constant movement, it's trying to get. And that's a picture of how we are in prayer so often. Like the child who doesn't have enough, is still hungry, and has to get something from the breast of God. But true silence in prayer, true resting in God, finds ourselves weaned from the breast. We're no longer agitated. We're no longer trying to get. We're just calm. We're content. We're engaged in the presence of strong love. We're, we're accepting the fact that we just trust that God's taking care of our needs. We don't, we don't have to be verbose. We don't have to explain everything to him. We don't have to plead and beg him. He's not a reluctant God. And there's this assured calm like you see on this child's face. Thank you, Lewis, face. Psalm 131 from the New Living Translation goes like this. It's a very short psalm. There's only three verses. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. I wonder if the single greatest faith change that would bring absolute new anointing and fresh power to your prayer and the sense God is hearing you and answering you could be a, just a restful repose 
God's got this. I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm, not, I'm going to stop trying to make this happening happen. I'm going to stop trying to find the right sentences, the right words. I'm going to stop trying to believe. I'm going to rest. And like this child that I see in the painting, I'm going to understand and realize God's got it. God's got me. Now, when I titled this, You Talk Too Much, I thought it was going to be quite evident where people's minds would go when it came to the idea of talking too much. And I'm sure you this morning have thought, well, of course, pastor's going to tell us that we talk too much in prayer and we shouldn't talk as much and we should listen more. All of the obvious, okay, that I have told you, hopefully with a little bit of new slant or life on it, especially when it comes to the weaning of the child from the breast, one who is otherwise helpful, or excuse me, helpless, but doesn't God know that? Doesn't God know your situation? Doesn't God know you're helpless? Doesn't God know exactly what you need, when you need it, in the amount you need it, in the time you need it, and sometimes, in fact, of course, that's why people say that there's three answers to prayer, yes, no, and wait. Because God's timing isn't right. I don't know, I'm not sure if that's always true those three answers, but I do know this. God's got it, and I can just rest. But as I thought about being silent, this phrase from a scripture that Jesus spoke to, or a phrase he used, and that was recorded in scripture, came to my mind. Lewis, could we go to Mark's gospel there? You have that. We're going to skip over Philippians and just go to Mark. Mark chapter four. Mark chapter four, verse 24, says this. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. Take care what you listen to. And then this is what rose up inside of me. Hearing isn't done only with one's outer ear. Jesus said, be careful what you hear, meaning not only what others are saying, but your own self-talk. I wonder how many times our negative self-talk talks us right out of our comfort, our silence, our being weaned from the breast, our pleasantness, our faith. Insidious thoughts that cause you to make fear-based decisions are prevalent in every one of us. And self-talk is constant. Research indicates that most people speak at a rate of 150 to 200 words per minute. Now watch this, everybody. Research indicates that people speak at a rate of 150 to 200 words per 
minute. But the internal dialogue, yourself speak, that you carry on with yourself, self-talk, is more like 1,300 words per minute. What a barrage. Jesus, everybody wants you. Matt, everybody wants your attention, your thoughts, your faith, your... Kelly, everybody wants you right now. You've got to drop that. This is desperate. You need to go do this. You need to go tend to that. The laundry's over here. You haven't called this person yet. Right? Everybody wants us. 1,300 words a minute. Self-talk. And here's what David said in Psalm 42, verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. I love what Joel Osteen said, and I quote, Don't use your words to describe your situation. Use your words to change your situation. Is your self-talk keeping you sucking on the breasts of constant need. You're not enough, you're not sufficient, you're a needy person, you've gotta get this answered, God's not listening, you didn't say it the right way, you don't have enough faith, your faith isn't strong enough, you go to, need to go to church more. Oh my gosh, and those are just many of the spiritual things. 